the small groups went well. I'm certain that they did. Um, tonight, our study is on, Lord, teach us to pray according to your word. And gosh, what an enriching study. So tonight, I'm going to um, go through this as, um, in three different points. It's read the word, pray the word, and hear the word. And so um, as we get ready to do that, a study up here wouldn't be complete unless, of course, we had our Keebler disciples, obviously. So we've got one reading the word, praying the word, and listening or hearing God's word. So we're going to put them up. So now it's complete, and now we can go ahead and start now that our Keebler disciples have decided to show up. So let's pray and see what the Lord uh, has for us. I feel like that's loud. Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you so much for your word, Father. Thank you for just um, the work that you're doing in our hearts, Father. As we just um, sit at your feet, Father, and as we read your word, Father, we thank you that it changes who we are, Father. We know it doesn't change you, but it truly does change who we are. I pray that through this study, Lord, and just going forward, that as we read your word, Lord, as we maybe start to do those practical things to pray your word, Father, that you would continue to change us, mold us, shape us into those women you want us to be, help us to be mighty women of prayer. Father, help your word uh, to come to our hearts, Father, and our minds. Quicken us, Father, to know when the need for prayer, when there is a need for prayer and exactly what it is to pray, Father. So, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word and pray that you would just come now, meet us here, that your presence would be about us. Lord, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, it's always timely. Aren't these messages always so incredibly timely? Um, I really, really, really enjoyed this study. And the Lord really started, you know, he takes you a little bit deeper every time you really put forth some effort. And, you know, life situations right now and circumstances, different things in our lives are happening and things are going certain ways. And it's all, it's all kind of exciting and kind of trying. And, but the Lord's doing some really fun things. And, uh, you know, um, just as I was studying, you know, it's, it was a while ago. You know, I, once, once I finish one and I, like, I, I start to kind of get to know what I'm going to do next, I always start to say, okay, Lord, you know, what, where am I going to go? What direction? Because I've told you guys before, sometimes I get some wild ideas. You know, I'm like, and he's like, come back, Lorraine, come back, you know. So, um, so with this one, it was really neat because, you know, it's, 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 it's praying according to his word. And it was so neat because I've had opportunity after opportunity when somebody, you know, we've been praying or we're going to pray for somebody and just how, you know, um, there's certain things we pray for that we think we're so right on. You know, we want people to be saved or we want them to have understanding and we want these things. And yet, you know, why do we want them? It was through the word that I've been able to encourage somebody to say, okay, well, so what are you reading right now? You know, you're praying this, but what exactly are you reading? Maybe that's what the Lord wants you to start doing. Start praying this instead of that and see what the Lord can do. It happened in my own prayers. It's happened in that I've seen, you know, the Lord is so faithful to us. So it has been really, really exciting. But not only to actually pray according to his word, to see how he does change our minds, mine especially, but really how um, 
you can use it to encourage others. And that, to me, is probably the greatest blessing. It's like, wow, Lord, you're so good. So it was really neat because I started to get the study. So I'm, you know, I'm asking the Lord, you know, and, and you start looking up scriptures, you know, about his word and where he's going to lead you. So um, I came up, um, you know, I just felt the Lord pressing upon my heart, John 15, 7. So that's where I started, started reading, was able to, you know, read a couple of things. And, and it was really kind of uh, interesting. And um, then, you know, I don't normally, well, I'm going to lie, I don't do my study when I teach. I buzz through it, make sure that I'm headed in the right direction. But I don't do question for question and do, you know, like I do when, I, when uh, I'm not teaching. And so at one point I was like, okay, I better make sure that I'm headed in the right direction. Opened up the study and what was the f- number one? John 15, 7. That's, that's the Lord. Totally the Lord. And it was so cool. And I was so excited. Because we know one thing's for sure, ladies, that prayer changes things. And I bet that's something that we can all see. We've all prayed. We've all asked the Lord for something. And we have seen him work in our lives. We all have those memorial pillars. We've all seen the things that prayer has done. We've seen the Lord heal. We've seen the Lord change hearts. We've seen people come and be saved that, you know, Thank God God's God because we don't, you know, we have no hope left. You know, or the only thing we have is hope, and he's the one that saves them. So it was, it's really exciting. We know and we can agree that he does. When you pray, uh, have you ever wondered, and I, th- I know I've said this before, are you doing it right? Are you praying right? You know, are you asking for the right thing? And you know what? From Scripture we learn we're not alone if we even think that because what? The 12 di- the, the disciples in our very first study they're the ones that said, Lord, teach us to pray. So we're not alone. Um, they had spent every day with him, walking with him, seeing him, doing all of these things, yet they still asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. So if that, for me, is very encouraging as well. You know, I'm not alone. The Lord will show me. Um, when we look at the life of Jesus, we see a man whose relationship with his father was infused in everything he did. John 15, 19, and tw- John... 5, 19 and 20 says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things and he him, that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. That's what it says. That's who Jesus was. He was one with his father. Jesus' prayer life was dynamic. It was creative. He prayed, in the, he prayed early in the morning. He prayed late at night. He prayed when he was busy. He prayed when he had to make big decisions. Uh, he prayed after performing miracles. He prayed when he was full of sorrow. It seemed, he seemed to be able to find that comfort through his conversation with his father. He didn't spend every moment alone with God but he did spend every moment with God. And that, to me, just seems like that's the way it should be. I can't spend my whole day with the Lord sitting there. we got things we got to do. But I can spend my every moment with my thoughts about the Lord, about what he, I can do, about what he's trying to show me, about when I just need to shut up. You know, I mean, seriously, my example. So it's really, you know, so the Lord just shows me. And, I, and I, that is just, to me, like for everything, it's like, Lord, I just, that's what I want to do. I want to spend my every moment with you, every moment, you know. And if you don't like what I'm doing, Lord, show me. Be kind to me, Lord, because you know I get my feelings hurt, but show me, show me. So reading the word, um, it was our, my first point is um, teach us to pray according to your word. 
Well, if we're going to pray the Lord's word, it's pretty simple, ladies. We need to be in the word. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. How cool is that? If you ask, it will be done for you. What do we need to do? We need to abide in the Lord and his word abide in us. That's the vital connection between the word and prayer. It's simple and it's easy. We pray. We ask. We, we speak to our Heavenly Father. We read the Word, and our Heavenly Father speaks to us. It was a, I've learned a lot of valuable lessons. As I started to dig deeper and deeper, and as now different situations, like I said, are coming up, and we're starting to pray different things for our family, um, the Lord has just shown me some, some, like I said, He's changing my mind. He has shown me great things, but mostly just how He is so true to His Word. Before I pray... It's the word that prepares my heart and my mind for the reason to know what it is that I should even be asking for. What is the reason? Well, before I read, before I pray, I read. And then it allows me to know what my heart should really be asking. Before, get up, you know, wash my face, start to pray. And, you know, just start to pray what I really thought was important, what I thought God really wanted me to pray for, what I really thought prayer was needed for. And then now, as I start, as I've been reading, and then I pray, and then I read, it allows me to see what it is. Lord, how am I going to pray? What is the direction you're sending me? What is it in this current situation? And as you read, certain people come to your mind, and certain, certain things happen. And then the Lord, you know, the Lord shows me. And especially, especially, on, on certain, there, there have been some really crucial things, and the Lord's showing me, Lorraine, you're, you're praying, but you're not, it's not my will. You're not praying my will, Lorraine. L- sit down. Let's go through this. Let's pray my will. And so Philippians 4, 6 says, To be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We know this, ladies, but how many times do we get anxious and run with it? How many times do we start to, to worry? How many times are we, the first thing we do is get anxious? When he says right here, don't be anxious for nothing. Don't do it. Stop. Give it to me. I don't see things like God sees things. You know, I don't have good vision anyway, thank goodness, right? So here I see this. This is about all I can see. I can't really get past them doors. And so this is what I see. Imagine God, he sees it all. He sees everything. In prayer time, it's God's word that strengthens me and my faith. It's, it's then that I know what I then need to ask for. And at times of prayer, you know, I know for me there have been those time moments, they're routine. They're prayers. You get up, you do your prayers. But he has shown me that as I gaze upon the glory of Jesus, that I become and can become more like him as I, long, as I wait. And I just, I love the verse when the Lord was going to go before Moses and he put him in the cleft of the rock because, you know, he says, my glory, you can't see my glory. You can see behind me, you know. And I just, I, to me, it's like, I love that. And I, I know in my prayers, like, Lord, I, I want to be in that cleft. Lord, I want to be there. Show me. What's my motive for it, though? Why do I want to do it? What is it for? To say, guess what, ladies? I've seen the glory of the Lord. You know, no, that's the wrong reason. What is my true, what is the true depths of my heart? What is my true motive? Um, One benefit of praying scripture is that it gives us an accurate lens 
that we can, how, uh, that lens that we can see Jesus through. You know, I wear glasses, and I'll tell you, when I don't have them on, total fuzz. When I put them on, clarity. And so that's what it reminds me of, putting on those, you know, by those, uh, those lenses that expand everything for you and allow you to see him more clearly. This alone, ladies, will enrich our conversation with God. Using the Bible as a guide provides a new language for us. Because you know what? I don't usually normally pray the words of the Lord. But now as I do, and I, and I use my own words, and I make them personal. But it's amazing how now, oh, gosh, I never thought about it that way, Lord. I didn't actually ever see it. Really, that way, as we pray God's word, we can have confidence God is hearing and he is going to answer. Principles in the basis of our prayers. And what does it say? He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. What a wonderful promise. God has a hopeful plan for my future. The passage is written, obviously, to the nation of Israel. Does it mean we can't pray it? Certainly not. Of course it doesn't. We can pray this. And thank the Lord for the wonderful plan that he does have for your life, for my life. Um, You know, there are other scriptures that speak about God's purpose and a future for us as God's children. Romans 8.28, it speaks of God's good purpose for us. Uh, Other examples are Philippians 2.13, Psalm 57.2. Um, so we, you know, I'm a big believer that once again, we need to know what it is we're praying. So you have to be in the word. So you need to know if you're uncertain of a starting point, then, you know, that's why it's important to know where you're at. It's why it's important to know where you need to go. Thank goodness, goodness for, um, um, uh, concordances, right? Or the back of your Bibles. You know, if there's something you're looking at, man, you can just write there. Okay, well, this is, at least you can start. At least you can see if that's where you need to be. And so, um, as, uh, part of my, my little demonstration here, you know, maybe some people need a visual. Maybe you like to pass by the mirror a little more often than not, you know, and you're like, gosh, you know, I read that scripture. I really can't remember what it is, you know, but you go by and, and you're, you're running by, you know, the mirror. And then you can actually, you know, buy a T-shirt that will have scripture on it for you. <laughs> you know, there's everything that we could possibly ever want from the Lord. He's so good to us. Go by, oh, that's what it is, Lord. That's what I need to pray. That's just the Lord's goodness to us. Why, why do we need to pray? And, and what is the reason for our supplication? Well, and the need to pray the word of God. Supplication really just means humbly ask to ask for something. That's all it means. For the believer, this means asking God's supplication involves praying for others and for ourselves. So, We go to prayer, we're asking usually for things, hopefully for others and then ourselves, but you know, sometimes even that gets mixed up. The Bible is full of prayers. From Genesis to Revelation, there are biblical prayers we can pray to strengthen our spiritual lives. The prayer, these prayers express the kind of emotions and the experience. The whole book of Psalms, ladies, I mean, we've gone through some of them. We've been studying them even in our current books. Um, It's just a book of prayer. By praying the prayer... By praying prayers of the Bible, we can identify even with who the author is, right? I mean, when you start to use the Word of God, and you're like, wow, you know, um, this, is, this is who John is. This is who Matthew is. This is who Jeremiah was. 
This is who Job was. You start to know and see who it is that was praying these. The the longer you spend in in a book, the longer you take time, you can see what it is. By praying these, we can identify. We can also encourage um, and allow God's spirit to shape us to be who he wants us to be. What is the word of God to you? What is he? What the word is to me is what God is to me. Whatever his word is that's in me, that's who he is to me. If I'm not spending much time, it doesn't mean that much. But if I'm spending my time, if I'm doing what I need to do, you know, the Lord, he just pours himself into us. It's the very connection that Jesus pointed to when he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. More than once in the word, it says, if you abide in me and I in you. So we read that several times in the Bible. It says, if you abide in me and I in you and the scriptures go on. But here in this one, he says, I in you and my, and my word in you. His word is equivalent to him himself abiding. And that's exactly what he wants us to know. Has the study opened up your eyes to see the place where God's word needs to be? Has it uplifted your spiritual life a little bit? And most important, has it changed your prayer life? It has allowed me to see, like I said, wrong Lorraine, wrong Lorraine, wrong Lorraine. Cool thing is, I'm willing to learn, to learn, to learn. So that's the one good thing. I'm, you know, that's me. I'm always willing to learn. Learn anything new, learn anything, willing to work. No, it's not a problem. But, you know, and then it started getting me to think, you know, what about my word? What about your word? Do you keep your word? And I'll tell you, that is something so near and dear to my heart because I really try to, if I say something, I'm going to do it. You know, if I say I'm, I'm going to help you, trust me, I'm going to set apart that time. I'm going to help you. Um, I've learned, you know, that sometimes I overextend myself, so I have to be a little more careful when I say, oh, yeah, I'll do that. But I'll tell you, if I say I'll do it, you can pretty much trust that I can do it. And I still flake, don't get me wrong. Sheesh, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, all right? But, but I really do. That's something that is very near and dear because that's all I have. The really, the only thing I have is my word and the Lord in me. So I do, you know, I need to be careful. And, you know, so I started to think, you know, when my kids were little, you know, they'd be like, hey, mom, can I? And I was like, you know, and I'd be like, no. And then if they ask again, ask again, well, I did have the stare. If my kids asked me and I said no, they knew they better not ask me again because I had the look. My nieces and my nephews knew I had the look. And so that was the cool thing. So then, and, and so with that, you know, my, I remember one time Travis was on the phone. And he was in fourth grade or fifth grade, and this one little girl really liked him. And, and he's like, he's like, you know, and we had one phone. And so um, he's like talking on the phone. He's like, no, my mom's going to say no. Okay, I'll ask. Hey, mom, Ashley wants to know if I could be her boyfriend. Nope. No, she said, no, I can't do it, you know. And so and, she, and I could hear her, and she said, no. My mom said, no. No, my mom said no. And I remember that with Jill so adamantly in seventh or eighth grade. She's like, I could hear her on the phone because we had the only one phone. And even if you whispered, we could hear. That, that's a neat thing. So I could hear her say, no, no, my mom said no. No, I can't ask again. No, 
I'm telling you, she said no. She never asked me because she knew that I'd already said no to whatever it is she was telling them. But that's the cool thing. So I'm very, but the one thing I didn't do was just say no. When my kids ask me things, I always remembered, you know, okay, why are they asking? What are they doing? Um, is it good? Is it, you know, whatever it was. So I didn't just say, no, you can't do it. You know, I would usually ask the question, is the homework done? Is this done? Is your room picked up? Or all the, of the little things that you have to do in life done, you know. Um, then, then was able to make a decision. I didn't just shoot off no, though, because I'll tell you, I live with a guy whose favorite word is no. So, you know, and so it's no, and they just know how to wear him down. You know, okay, let's see how many times is this going to take. But, see, that's just it. So you've got to make sure your, your yes is yes and your no is no. And if you're going to say no, mean it. That's all I can say. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you about the word, about your word and what it means. We're not so limited, but God, but God. So you know what? Make sure you know what it is that you're saying. Make sure you know what it is you're promising somebody because that's even more crucial. What are the promises? His words can be trusted and his promises tried and true. He's not a man that he should lie. So, you know, we need to be careful. We need to make sure, once again, Lord, you know, if you want me to do this, Lord, please show me. If you don't want me to do it, Lord, let me just say no. And I'll tell you, that's one, hard, one thing that I've learned. It's hard to say no to people. It really, really is hard to say no to people. But you have to learn how if it just it's. If it's a no, let it be a no instead of a maybe or instead of a yes and then be a flake because that's, that's worse. That gives you a little bit of worse character, you know. So if you just say no, they think you're just not nice as opposed to a flake. So there you go. Um, you know, God, God, the infinite being, he is life, he's power, he's spirit, he's truth. When he speaks forth himself in scripture, he is his word. He gives himself. He gives his love. He gives his life, his will, his power. It's all ours for the taking. He gives it. Not only can the prayers of the Bible be prayed, but any part of the Bible can be used to communicate with the Lord. As we read the Bible, the different stories, the poems, the history, the parables that he has shown us, it's in the presence of God. And if we pay attention, we will identify the passages that relate to our lives some that might be relating to the world. It's just that horrible event happened today. The people that we know, maybe what needs to be, what they need prayer for. Over, and over time, what happens? Doesn't it just become a natural thing? It's like anything you practice just becomes natural. It just happens. You just know it. You don't have to say, you know, you're not running to, oh, gosh, let me see. Where's that concordance? Oh, yeah, she needs it. She's not, uh, she's sick. Let me see what I'm going to pray for. No, you know what? If you're in the word and you're praying for the sick and the Lord has shown you and you know the will and you know his word, you'll know exactly, you know, what the Lord will show you. Those Lords will bring those things back to your mind. Out of our thoughts, um, you know, as, we, as um, we read, as we turn to God in worship, you know, we need to do those things. We need to confess our sins. We need to make sure that we approach him correctly. We need to make sure that we're thankful. Um, once again, our reading becomes a conversation with God. It's a cycle of reading and praying and listening and reading and praying and listening. But when he makes a promise, ladies, he keeps it. His words are divine, full of life, full of power. Engaging the Bible and praying as the primary method for developing is the primary uh, method of developing a deepening relationship with God. In fact, all the other things that we do, the fasting, um, the studying, the worship, all of that, you know, they have their foundation in the disciplines of God's word. 
And it's as we read and as we pray that we will, we may tend to think of prayer and Bible. You know, we might think, okay, well, reading is one thing, praying is another. Now they're one and the same, ladies. As we read, as we pray, the Lord just shows us. He's so good. He's so faithful. Um, in uh, James 5.16, it says, The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. Quick summary. Praying the, script, praying the scripture acknowledges the preeminence of the Bible as God's revealed word. It expresses the faith that it has, to, uh, that it has power to judge, the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. Praying through the scriptures, um, we need to have a teachable heart. We need to remove any roadblocks so that the Lord can actually answer us. You know, maybe there's a prayer of unforgiveness that you need to pray. Maybe a lack of faith. Maybe wrong motive. Maybe we have sin in our life. As we read God's word and we talk to him about it, his spirit's going to guide us in that prayer. Yet even while we gain so much from praying scripture, specific words, they don't need, we don't need to have a specific word. Because you know what? That's less important than the heart that we come with. Paul, John Bunyan says, it's better for our heart to be without words than our words to be without heart. What a comfort to know that in, the, in those times when we're in distress, when we are, when we are grief-stricken, when we're there, it's the Holy Spirit that can intercede on our behalf in order to pray according to God's word. And now, last, hearing the word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word, is, the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and the intents of our heart. In our study, the power of speaking really depends on the power of us hearing. Are you listening? Are you listening to what the Lord has to say? Or has the world enticed you? The world, ladies, is just getting a tighter grip on more and more people, more and more Christians. You know, it's so funny. Um, uh, you just hear people, you know, talking. And, and just the other day, somebody was like, you know, oh, well, gosh, I really want this. And, you know, just things, things and expensive things. And I'm thinking, wow, my goodness, I remember when that was me. I remember when I wanted to have a fancy bag. I remember when I wanted to have, you know, a fancy this or a fancy that or when a car really mattered. Nowadays, I really just want to get from point A to point B, you know. And, and um, I don't know if some of you know, but we, have, we had a truck and I crashed it. Um, nothing bad happened, but I, I crashed it. So I had to get a car. And I just told, you know, I was like, I just want a small car. I want to go from here to here. That's all I want. It doesn't matter, you know. And I was feeling sorry for myself that I, you know, with what I had done. But um, so anyway, just wanted this little car. And, you know, just wanted to only pay a little bit of money and, and just get me here. And then, you know, just as time went on, you know, John's like, you know, Lorraine, I just don't want you in a small car. You're on the freeway a little longer now. You're a little further. And... And I'm like, I just want something small. And, you know, but the Lord blessed. So, you know, I got just something a little bit bigger. And, and it has seat warmers. <laughs> I have seat warmers. I'm like, Lord, you're so good. I just wanted a car to get from here. And there. I have seat warmers, you guys. And that is so cool. But anyway, you know, um, it, but that's just how the Lord blesses us. You know, the, the Lord, he's so, so good. Um, but, you know, are you being transformed? Or are you, being, are you conforming to the world? What, are, what has got your attention? What has your eye? What has your heart? 
If we're busy about the Lord, there's hardly any time for anything else. Just trying to find time to fellowship is hard. Um, But we need to do those things. We do need to help each other. We need to help the body. We need to be in our communities. We need to be doing those things. And um, we need to spend time with others, helping others. But mostly, you know what? When we're in the word and we can go forth, man, does the Lord not do great and wonderful things for us? And you go out and you can share. I'm at a point here, you know, where, like I said, I want less and less and less. I want to declutter. I want to just get rid of everything. The Lord is just showing me. Got to let it go. Got to let it go. Got to let it go. And so thank God for yard sales, right? So got to have a yard sale. Got to, you know, and it's cool because I started telling people, they're like, oh, good, we want to bring stuff. So now like this one little yard sale, well, I want to say little, it's 32 years of junk, but um, 32 years of junk now. But people are like, oh, yeah, we want to, we want to come. We want to bring stuff. So the Lord's good. And you know what? It's going to allow me just to get rid of this stuff, you know. Just just let it go, because it doesn't really matter. That's where I'm at. That's where the Lord has shown me. Not certain where you're at and what he's showing you, but whatever it is. Um, if we truly ask the Lord to teach us to pray according to his word, he will. Then it'll depend on me to do my part. It's not just a mere request to ask the Lord or a deep heartfelt, like, oh, Lord, you know, teach me. Oh, you know, I've got this huge request. Teach me. But you know what? It's going to take time. And I have to be committed because it is a journey. It's not just something that I'm going to be able to wake up and do, get to, you know, two or three minutes in. Oh, yeah, Lord, pray this and off I go. No, no, no. But, you know, the cool thing is that even if it starts out like that, the Lord draws you in, and you find yourself spending a little more time and a little more time with the Lord. And before you know it, it's like, oh, goodness, all right, I got, you know, I got to get dressed. And the Lord knows he's so good. Um, if I'll just wake up earlier, I can spend more time. You know, he's working on it. He's working. You know, we can have a relationship that brings us into fellowship and into the very presence with the Father by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the living, powerful power of God himself real personal fellowship with him. We can have that, ladies. Do you believe it, though? Do you believe it? I know for a fact that some of you here believe that. You are prayer warriors. I know for a fact who I can send out a prayer and know that the Lord will hear these prayers. These are, these are women that will, sit, that will pray, that will pray for you at that moment. And that is so exciting. It's very encouraging. When somebody asks us to pray, you know, that may, might be something we need to start doing. Maybe the Lord's saying, you know, instead of saying, yep, I'll pray for your sister, maybe he's saying, okay, stop, take that time, pray for them now. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Sometimes we get our focus in the wrong place, but we need to fo- focus on the fact that God has spoken. You know, this is his spoken word. We need to remember that it is his word. Let's, let, let's allow that personal influence of the Lord to rule us. Let it be the rule in our life. We're to worship the creator, not the creation. And in, the sa- in that same sense, we need to remember it's in the presence of the promiser, not the promise. It's his promise to us, but we're in the presence of he who is promising. This will allow us to then be able to trust the Lord. And our trust just just totally gains more and more. Andrew Murray said, It is only in the full presence of God that disobedience and unbelief become impossible. And I love that. I was like, wow, that is so cool. You know, I mean, when you're in the Lord, 
you're not being disobedient. You know, you're, you hardly have any unbelief because his word is speaking to you. You see him work. You see what he's doing. What a way to live. A lot of work, but what a way to live. Are we able to see what if we abide in me and my words in you and you will ask and what you desire and it shall be done to you, what that really means? We've only scratched the surface, and I've hoped that maybe your fancy has been tickled and that real efforts are now going to be made. I'm certain that's what the Lord is asking. I've been able to see firsthand, like I've said, just the things that, that the Lord, you know, has shown me where I'm a mess. I've, he's been able to redirect me. He's been able to align my requests. And, and like I said, you know, I have those friends that I send out my texts to. And I, and I just, I see the Lord changing people before thoughts, ideas. You know, sometimes uh, people just get so... So focus this way, and I'll say, you know, and I'll send out a prayer, you know, please pray, you know, there's discouragement going on. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, talk to that person a little later, and they're not discouraged anymore. There's hope. And I'm like, Lord, that's the faithfulness of your saints. That's your ladies praying for that. And that's what's so exciting. How much of the word is in us? That whatever's in us really is going to be the reflection of our disposition and our conduct, and our conduct that others see. So how you doing? The word, if the word is in us, filling us up, revealing Jesus through us, they're truly getting to see a little less of Lorraine, and that's probably a really good thing. If the word is a promise, then you need to count on it. King David knew this all too well. In the word, he reminds us that the Lord has said, the Lord has spoken according to your promise, according to your word. He knew this because of he knew who his Jesus was. He knew the Lord. He knew God. And that's why we have awesome, awesome psalms. Abraham, when the Lord told him to leave, did he say, why? Nah, he got up and he went. That's what we need to do. The Lord's telling us to move. We need to move. The Lord's telling us to stand. We need to stand. If the Lord is saying just to be still, then that's what he's asking us to do. The condition is simple and clear. In, in the word, his will is revealed. We become the empty vis- vessel willing to be filled with him and to be that instrument ready to be used. When we exercise obedience and faith, we're sure to come into that deeper fellowship with our Lord. We can trust that he's going to do what he says he will. We can trust that we're going to ask his will, and we're going to, we can trust that he's going to give the promise, and if we believe it and act upon it, it's going to become true. I hope the study has helped everyone to realize that, you know what, maybe we're not getting answered to prayer because maybe our prayers are feeble. Maybe we're not asking the right way. First John 2.17 says, And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the, wo- the will of God abides forever. Oh, you know, Moses, when he went into that tabernacle, he heard the voice of the Lord speaking off that mercy seat. Listen to God through the passages. Be present with God through the passages. Praying through the word that it should spark a change in your life, in my life, in our life. I'm going to just go give a real quick brief summary uh, about uh, Hannah. 
1 Samuel 1, 1 through 28. The summary is that God used Hannah's circumstance to mold her until she cried out to him in absolute desperation for her heart's desire. She wanted a child. God wasn't punishing her by not making her fruitful and giving her a child. He was preparing her to hear. He was preparing her to bear the son who would lead Israel. By bringing her desire to God, Hannah revealed her faith and trusted in God for the future. And even though she did not see what was going to lie ahead, God provided for her in more way, in more than one way. He gave her peace. He gave her the son that she also so greatly desired. Hannah's story, we can learn a great deal about God. We see that God's timing is perfect. He brings blessings out of suffering. Hannah went through some desperate times, but then she bore the son who would become that leader. The ultimate blessing of Hannah was that greater intimacy with God. When she went in there and prayed, she just poured it all out. One way God answers prayers by saying, wait. And one reason he might say wait is to refine us, right? If we got everything we wanted now, when we ask, boy, what, what, would we not be a hot mess, right? Would we not be a hot mess? You know, he refines us during that time. He takes us through these things. We go through things, you know, I think I've shared with you ladies, you know, my, just I, my prayers that I'm a sweet old lady. The Lord is still working, trust me. But, you know, the things you go through to get to that point, woof, you know, I don't know, maybe, I, but it's good. Uh, but he's refining. The Lord is refining. Um, sometimes he'll have us wait and then, you know, um, to give us an answer until we give it back to him. Because you know what? We're, we're clutching that answer. We're we, You know what? Maybe he's waiting. Give it back to him. Give it to him. Let him do it. We learn that God responds to honest prayer too, don't we? When Hannah went in, boy, did she not bear everything, every honest plea. She wept. She brought her misery to the Lord and acknowledged him as the almighty one who could answer her. Same prayer for us, lady, wherever you're at. God heard the cries of Hannah's heart, and he answered her prayer. But what set her apart is that she didn't worship the answer of her prayer. She did worship God. Her choice to release her son revealed that seeking God was her greatest desire, and she kept her promise as the Lord kept his. She learned to trust him with everything, her bitter tears, her son, and her future. And the Lord must have truly delighted in that, knowing that she did keep her word and surrender her son back to him. Because that would be hard. Some people would like to give their sons away, you know. (laughs) Take him, take him, he's yours. But, you know, others, you know, they're, they're near and dear, boy, aren't they? But, you know, there's things that we can do. Is there a prayer or um, that you've been praying and you haven't heard God yet? He might just be refining you, ladies. It's the waiting period. Listen. Be refined during that time. You know, maybe think of a recent trial in your life that you had. Where was the first place that you went? Did you go straight to the Lord or did you go somewhere else first? Where did you go? Why do you think, why do you think that it's so important to be honest with God? Because he knows. And he just wants us to realize that we're not truly being honest. That's all it is. If there's a desire in your heart that you, or is there a desire in your heart that maybe you haven't even brought to the Lord? No, I can't ask that. I can't ask that. But be in his word. See if he wants you to ask that. Or maybe he'll show you through his word. He wants you to ask this. Maybe he wants to show you this way instead of that. 
As a woman of prayer in our time, let's follow as, as being women who pray, who others ask us to pray for them. Let us be that example. Let us wait. Let us trust. And let us let him mold us and mold our hearts and to actually honestly come before him. Through it all, we can praise him and that we can be totally satisfied. I'm running out of time. Real quick, application for Thanksgiving. Let me just give you one. Uh, you know, I think it's really important that we need to be thankful because we're starting to live in an extremely thankless world, and I see that day in and day in and day out. They bring you lunch in the office, and somebody wants to gripe that it's not, you know, chicken Alfredo. You know, they'll bring you pizza and salad and spaghetti, but they forgot, you know, the chicken Alfredo, you know. So it just reminds me just how unthankful people really are. But, you know, Psalm 136, you know, we can thank the Lord. We can say, thank you, God, for the many good things that you've done and for your enduring love. We need to be thankful to the Lord. Maybe you have a spiritual need. Lord, fill me with your knowledge and of your will. Let my life please you in every way. See Colossians 1, 9 through 11. Ladies, there's so many. Time doesn't permit, but um, it's getting in his word. It's knowing where to go. It's allowing him to show you his will, not your will. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your love. Lord, we ask that you would just continue, Father, to teach us, Lord, through this study. Father, we thank you for your study tonight about teaching us according to your will, Lord God, according to your word. Father, I pray that as we go forth, Lord, that we would maybe start the new practice as as we would open up the word first thing. Then as we pray, Lord, we would see your word, Father, and we would, you would guide us and direct us and teach us to be those women, Father. And then after that, Lord, that we would sit and we would read your word and hear you speak, Father. It's so important for, for us, Lord, to incline our ear, to hear, Lord, but mostly, Lord, to listen. Oh, there's nothing worse than, than somebody hearing you but not listening to your word, Lord. So we pray that you would just to grow us into the mighty women that you would like us to be. Help us, Lord, teach us and show us your will, your way, your truth. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. And we lift this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.